0: of people believe that Christianity has hurt uh,
1: the African-American community. It's hurt black men. It doesn't do anything for the community. And that's why you see a lot of black men leaving, going to uh, more male dominated religions like, uh, you know, Islam, things like that. Um, I want to start with with, with Pastor Coates. Why why, why are black men, African-American men, not involved in the church as they were, let's say, 30, 40 years ago?
0: Well, I, th- I think it's a relevant question, and I thank you for th- for asking the question. I think the fact of the matter is that black people are leaving the the black church. Um, um, it, when Gallup, when they're telling the truth, um, they're saying that over the last 10 years, years that close to 20% of the black church has, has left, people have left the church. And I believe that black men in particular are leaving the church because of lack of relevancy um, to them. They, they don't see application, uh, inspiration, support from, um, from the black church or from pastors that's directing a message to black men. Another issue is that as the church has become more charismatic in its behavior, not not in its do- doctrine or theology, but in its behavior, um, uh, that I don't believe that's necessarily appealing to black men. Um, um, the charismatic expression, the, sh- the shouting, the, the 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 rolling on the floor, those those various Pentecostal expressions. I'm 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 in the Church of God in Christ, and we we, we see it often. A lot of that. Is done with a um, a feminine type of characteristic. So a black please, man is losing control of themselves. I'm going to lose control of myself, and I'm going to run down, do two backflips, <laughs> and pass out on that's the on, uh, on the altar. Who who wants to lose control of themselves? So when a black man um, goes to church, he wants to see masculinity. Oh. And he wants to hear a story that's telling the truth that applies to him, that he can walk away with something as a stronger man, not as a beat down on a Sunday morning because the preacher may be happy to, happening to, to cater to um, the, the, the majority of the women in the church. So sometimes those messages are, is that your man ain't this, your man ain't that. And, um and everything your man isn't Jesus is oh so so the, the 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 message has not been um um and that's not of course I'm not talking about every church because that's certainly not the message in my church but in, in in several churches that I know but in many churches that message is not applicable to the black man, oh, man I'm almost out of water already it's to be
2: Damn. <clears throat> Welcome to the second episode of Black Thoughts, and open experience. My name is Cam Goins.
1: I'm Brian Freeman.
2: And we're here to talk about, you know, a very controversial issue, as we do. Um, we're talking about why black men have left the church, or really the African-American church. You know, I'm an example of somebody that's left the church, who was very um, involved in the church. Um From the start i started with catholicism i was always in catholic church from like shoot from i remember kindergarten all the way you know through you know graduating from high school it's always been like a catholic church background uh it's always been my upbringing i was one of those kids that got like confirmed like midway through high school Mm -hmm. and you know through my grandmother's influence and you know my family's influence my dad was like african methodist my mom was like christian so you know the foundation was there and a lot of stuff that i still do derives from that background but as of lately you know well as i've grown up you know i've had real world experiences and you know had time to reflect on all the things that they teach you in school and in church you start to form your real opinions on what religion is and what your faith, you know, comprises of and what you really believe. So mm-hmm. I've had tense of backing away from the church. Um, not really going to church, not really putting it as a priority of something that you have to do weekly or like every Sunday and maybe determining my own relationship with God and how I, I see that practiced every day. So that's kinda of like my first
1: testimony. I let I let Brian talk about it is yeah sure so um my parents both christians my dad uh was episcopalian is episcopalian Um, and my mom's pentecostal um so they kind of had different ways of expressing their christian faith but still both christian um i went to christian schools my entire life um, from priest k elementary middle high school and then, of course, we went to Catholic high school together, mm-hmm. um, and even you know, um, college. You know, when I was college, has Christian roots to it. Um, so basically, surrounded by this Christian faith, and in the modern day, in the current age, I guess currently, I don't, I don't necessarily attend church. Um, I don't necessarily identify with Christianity, and over time, it's just kind of ceased to serve a specific purpose in my life um so i guess that's something we're going to talk about today
2: mm-hmm. so the video me and brian both watched is this video on youtube it's called why african-american men are leaving uh, the black church for good mm-hmm. um hosted by dr thunder uh you can watch it on youtube for yourself it's uh from a YouTuber called Shade Duke Jackson mm-hmm. as well. So he kind of moderated the whole panel. Um, he had uh, several pastors um, and uh, just religious figures um, in the community, what their opinions are about the topic. And they gave a lot of different discussions. I took a deeper dive and, and did a little bit more research about this too, um, just because I was so interested about what these pastors were saying and how, you know, I can relate to it as well as Brian um, about what they were talking about and some of the big points that they put up um, the people on the panel as well as some of these other videos is something that's very unattractive that something that men can kind of pick up on as well as like the hypocrisy in the in the church. Um, like the length of it is very unattractive uh, they didn't learn a lot of like real world knowledge that they didn't know how to apply Mm -hmm. some of the lessons that are in the Bible because they're very like broad and you could kind of like apply them to a lot of different situations, but it's hard to interpret that and navigate, you know, exactly what they mean or how how you should Mm -hmm. apply them to your everyday
1: life. Yeah, Let's let's talk about something along those lines. So Mm -hmm. when I think about the lessons of the church and my upbringing, I think about a lot of the messaging I heard around um, kind of being in service to others, um, subservient to others. It's it's kind of like this submissive uh, teaching. At least that's my perspective. Um, I get that. And so when you're trying to navigate the world and navigate particularly the workplace, that doesn't necessarily apply in certain situations. So a lot of times you want to be uh, more assertive, more aggressive, more direct, more leadership oriented, less. Yes, you can serve, but you serve through um, kind of like your hard work. You serve through um, guiding others. You serve through like a more. It's not necessarily like I'm a wash your feet. It's like I'm gonna teach you how to get this done so that we get it done as optimally as possible. It's a kind of vibe. Yeah. And so, like, just the energy around teaching people how to function um, didn't seem to be um, useful, especially in uh, the working world. Hmm.
2: I can understand that uh, about that submission part. Like, there was something else. Uh, another a matter of submission in the Bible. Um, oh no, I'm not talking about the Bible. Uh, a comment that somebody said um, in one of the videos that I saw about submission, like. Religion requires you to submit to some degree and yeah. submitting necessarily isn't an, an attractive learning or teaching style for a lot of men because it's synonymous with like, I guess, feminism. And uh, a lot of what, or um, well, the main video that we're talking about um, talks about is how it kind of plays to uh, a lot of church's main demographic, which is women. Uh, a lot of these women are like single mothers who have had, you know, turbulent experiences in their relationships and might have uh, problems with significant others, like men in their lives or whatever. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these preachers or pastors do is they cater to them. You know, they preach uh, optimism, an optimistic gospel, you know, Uh, that's where I feel like uh, the ambiguity in the, the, um, how broad you know a lot of verses and scriptures can be interpreted can be very manipulative Mm -hmm. in the church and it could be it could show the business of the church you know because churches are all you know ultimately a business Mm -hmm. and have to you know try to appeal to their core so women are naturally emotional uh i've read that a lot of the gospel tries to get people in their emotions like a lot of men see it on the practical that was like you're gonna sit me down you're gonna hit me with the praise and worship you're gonna you know calm it down you know you're gonna work into the word and then you're gonna ask for you know the offering and then you are gonna get me on my way you know like it's is it happens the same way um and it's just like that redundant part of church is just
1: getting old mm-hmm. of, of, of course you know all Has churches gotten old. yeah yeah <laughs> You know, all churches aren't the same, of course. Um, They Mm. all have their different nuances. But um, just kind of speaking on the experience as a whole with having been in the Catholic space, the Episcopalian space, the Pentecostal space, the Baptist space. um, I don't know if I took any real life skills. I took away spiritual skills um, and even like emotional intelligence skills. I don't know if I've taken many away from... Um, the christian church because a lot of it really? is, is is around suppressing certain emotions certain instincts certain feelings it's very strict for yeah. real. rather than like embracing them and understanding them and being able to use them to kind of guide your path like a lot of the emotions that people feel and a lot of the instincts that people feel aren't necessarily innately um wrong or innately evil you know mm-hmm. um you know, we we should experience the full gamut of emotions, not just love. Love is very important, but we should experience the full gamut of emotions and understand, like, all of those things play into our humanity, and we should give them their place and say, it's okay to have sorrow. It's okay to have anger. It's okay to have, you know, love, of course. It's okay to be joyful. It's okay to feel all these different things. but when you feel them, this is why you feel them. This is how you navigate them, and so I think um i don't necessarily i didn't even get necessarily any a way of mastering my emotions and it took me well into adulthood to seek other sources to learn how to properly manage my emotions uh, for me to gain some emotional intelligence
2: yeah so one of the guys like on the podcast um C.K. coleman he said uh, a good line he said church has become a message of sin management mm-hmm. and not a place of management not a place of inspiring purpose and directing <laughs> what uh some of these feelings and emotions are for Mm -hmm. like he talks about directing men on what your sexual energy should be put towards Mm -hmm. like you're awesome in purpose he says um how to have self control how to have vision where to direct a lot of these natural emotions that you feel and have some certain direction he also says that um uh, a lot of black men want to be something a part of something that's bigger themselves like you can you know compare it to football Like you wanna be part of a bigger message and that's, but they just want to hear a message that they believe and respect. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of people like, I'll go back to Kevin Samuels, like people relate to his advice and his real world experience. And the fact that he's doing well financially makes a lot of men look up to him as uh, inspiration um, so he's a, a role model and a figure in that will and and that, you know, in that right and backs it up from, you know, what he can prove. Like he, this man grinded it out for two to three years, making a lot of videos, different videos about, you know, men self help, uh, you know, uh different tips and recognizing like, you know, recommending cologne and all that stuff for, for years before he got notoriety until he started talking about women and that's how he blew up but
1: um i want to
2: yeah um, he's relatable though is my point
1: exactly i i want to circle back to your point around you mentioned briefly like navigating kind of your sexual energy yeah
2: that's a good point um, that he made.
1: growing up in the christian faith again i really want to reiterate the idea of suppression and really just like to an extent almost ignoring it like Pretending it's not there, like it doesn't matter, it's not important, you know. Or this overwhelming force of, you know, sexual intensity, focus only on God, focus on, you know, the message of the Bible in a sense. Instead of saying this energy is here for a reason, this energy can be put towards certain things. And the way you're feeling it, you can express it in certain ways that are, that's productive, that's healthy that benefits you that benefits others, but we don't really get any of that teaching in the church. It's the suppression message. Yeah. And eventually, you know, when people feel suppressed, they're going to want to break free. Exactly. Um, and so you can't, you can't continue to function like that.
2: Um, John C. Coates, another note that I took from this video, he said, the church has little to no relevancy to the black male experience. Also the charismatic nature of church. The shouting and the rolling and the catching of the Holy Ghost. This is a, a kind of like a uh, <laughs> kind of like a, uh, a sensitive one, but I feel like applies to a lot of people. Like, like the rolling around, the losing control of yourselves, the backflips. Like, it's it's a feminine nature a to lose your, your your to be emotional and lose yourself and to like uh, I don't know enact that. I always looked at it to be honest. Always looked at it like I didn't know if it was authentic or not. Or Same. if you're just joining in on the party. Same. My girlfriend, my girlfriend said she got. Not, <laughs> she got, no. Well, I couldn't help it. I mean, it, go it, ahead, go, it, ahead, go natural. ahead. She said that she called it one time and I was like listening to it. This is the first time I've asked somebody like how it felt. She she gave me like the actual answer, you know, first hand answer. She said she got hot, like inside, like she just felt it building up and, you know, she just got real hot and then she just had, you know, a dance moment. Uh, after the gospel once but it sounds like I, i've been to this church it's like on cue though it's like it's on cue it's on cue it's like the pastor finishes what he's saying then he says then, then the music starts and then he he goes in and, and, and starts and then the music kicks up mm-hmm. and then everybody's feeling it and i'm just like i don't know how to because i don't feel nothing <laughs> I'm sorry. I've been seeing this stuff since I was like a child. I never felt anything. I just don't. I I don't identify with it. When he said that, that kind of hit home for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, that's what I always thought. Um, it was just a lot going on, and I just was just just there. I was like, I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when the guy gets to me, you know, you gonna hit me like the rest of these people.
1: Yeah, I I do agree that. A lot of churches, the entertainment factor. Uh-huh. Um, and so, you know, and it, you have that structure that's designed around the entertainment. You have the, the prayer and worship uh, to get people hype. Um, the pastor's message is generally very um, charismatic and entertaining. I mean, pe- people should be entertained. I, it, I think that's fine. I just think sure, but- there has to be some practical advice in there there has to
2: be some teaching. there has to be some realism to it yeah I don't know what's real <laughs> in church that's like real. what's real and what's a the business part because the mm. business is there for sure mm-hmm. like but what what is what is the the, the word saying mm-hmm. like like what's the truth that's the grip I shouldn't have to fight at church to figure out what mm-hmm. I what applicability like there is like, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out, but I find myself tolerating church Mm -hmm. after a while. And that's not what church should be. Um, Another note from the video, um, church has become very secular um, or has to, has to identify with secular ways due to a, a very secular world. Like we're not really a nation under God, honestly. We're becoming a very inclusive, God because God is could be anybody's god. Um that's why, you know, some people believe that the black church won't be a black church in 30, 40 years or however many years because we'll all be more inclusive. Um but they were saying like the church is being too like secular um in a sense that
1: you got a gospel gogo. Is that what you're talking about? I don't, a little bit. I, I don't know what you're talking it's
2: about. It's like trying to infuse like um I don't know, like real situations. Uh, let me find a note that I I passed on, but the the essence of the point is like, um, they, they're trying to be like they're trying to apply to what the world is instead of like speaking to the reality of what the word says. It's like mm. if you know, oh. there's a lot of premarital sex going on. So- there's a lot that which leads a lot of single mothers in the church. But if you coddle women, and if you appeal to that demographic you're distorting the word thus you're not telling the truth hmm. you know you're adapting to what the, the the world has become in order to continue that cash flow hmm. that they offer so you're compromising what the word is mm-hmm. because of the situation okay. that you know the reality is that ends up being your you know your congregation you know
1: yeah so when you talk about kind of like the reality versus the secularism, it makes me kind of flashback to the purpose of the church, the black church, you know, um, Mm -hmm. 70, 80 years ago. And it was a tool of deliverance and freedom for Mm -hmm. black people. So a lot of people like to say, oh, yeah, Christianity allowed the white man to um, subjugate black people. It, It was a tool for that as well. But the reality is, you know, when you had the movements for, you know, the boycotts, the civil rights movements, um, all of those protests started in the church. And the church is a place where they would have not only discussions about the Bible and faith, but they would have discussions around concrete actions to deal with the real world that they were living in at that time. Mm -hmm. And so it drove real change, real results and the church was a meeting place to restore yourself, to say, all right, we have these missions, we have these goals in real life, outside of these walls, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about them here. We're going to come up with a plan. We're going to agree on that plan, and we're going to go forth inspired to go uh, and not execute that plan throughout the week and come back next week, and then we re- re- revisit. Yeah. So our, our church yeah. leaders were also uh, you know, life coaches, in a sense, and mm-hmm. civil rights leaders, and folks who actually wanted to better the black community yeah and so it, it was very in touch with this is what's happening we saw this event whereas a lot of times like you said the church tiptoes around what's happening uh rather than addressing it head on at all levels yeah that's so
2: deep man mm-hmm. it's just crazy how much that impacts the mm-hmm. black community it's, the church has always been the foundation of the black community mm-hmm. um church is always the place that like Dr. King went to speak. Yep. And you know, Malcolm X sometimes and even well, today. Islam too. Yeah. You know, anytime a black kid dies on the street, where they go? Church. That's where you commune. Mm-hmm. That's where you get together. And you know, they throw CNN on there. They already know where to go. So, <laughs> I mean, black people still look to church as a haven, mm-hmm. but...
1: And I, one yeah. thing... You know, we kind of talked about this offline before um, we started shooting um one of the things that really impacted me growing up was some of the certain teachings that came out of the christian church uh, certain verses specifically around wealth and money and i still mm-hmm. wrestle with those today um, mainly because of the messaging the verses themselves could be interpreted one way or another but the messaging that came along with it. So the two that pop into my head are uh the love of money is the root of all evil. And it is easier for a camel to make it through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to make it into the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. And so I I, I was telling you, like as I was graduating from high school and I was trying to decide on a major, you know, I wanted to go into accounting, which is basically all about money. That's the money. And Brad. all about, you know, numbers. <laughs> And I, I had this internal turmoil because back then my faith was still really strong. I went to college with a very strong faith, um, left with a very different faith.
2: So this happened recently for you? No, no, no. As far as like a like you said this, your, your faith went a different way.
1: No, that, this, this, is, this is around college. college. College time I had a dramatic shift in my faith.
2: I, you okay? Yeah. I mean, I felt this way kind of how I feel currently, like significantly prior to college. Like okay. I kind of
1: felt like. Yeah, I lied. Oh, hmm. a couple years before. Yeah, but for me, um, it's just that contrast of like, okay, you know, black folks. We have a lot of economic issues. A lot of them are systemically caused. Um, a lot of them are to our history, uh, but we also aren't giving ourselves the freedom and the almost like the call to action to push ourselves out of it because no one's going to help us that's the reality no one's going to help us they're going to pretend to help us they're going to do little policies here and here and there from a federal government or state government perspective overall we have to do it ourselves and so me someone who's like all right you know my family they they were definitely weren't poor middle class my parents did very well neither of them finished college but they did very well for themselves despite that i want to continue that legacy going Mm -hmm. so you know as a male, I always hear, "Oh, I have to live twice the life my parents lived." You ever heard that one? I heard that one all the time.
2: Oh, I heard like you. You need to. You should do better than your parents. I, I heard specifically twice. You should have
1: twice twice the wealth. What they had. Just shoot. That that yeah that that one's you want pays. That one's in there deep. Shut <laughs> <up>. <laughs> so with that mindset, I can't have twice what they have unless I am actively pursuing wealth, like wow. like passionately like directed like saying this activity is purely for the gaining of wealth whatever happens after that uh, that's not important we'll figure it out later that but makes, right now i gotta get this money that, i gotta get this money. that makes so and if much I'm, sense. if i'm here from the church that the love of money which of course you don't love money but that messaging still hits the love of money is the root of all evil and it's easier for a camel to get to the eye of a needle than a rich man to get into heaven then it's like how do i function in this society, this competitive society where I have white folks who are openly, passionately going hard. They don't mm-hmm. give them. they don't give nothing. Sorry, I wasn't yeah. I'm, I'm gonna watch this. <laughs> they don't care. Like, you know, we live in DC. You see them going hard in the real estate. They don't care. They will tear down your homes, pay you out, and build up high-rises to make that money. And so how are we gonna compete if we're folk? like for me personally, if I'm like, all right, if I operate this way, um it'll be evil even with the real estate stuff so trying to build in baltimore right at my first idea was like oh i need to make sure this is affordable housing and that was like the priority Mm -hmm. rethinking it i'm like i need to make sure this is profitable first and foremost and then if i can make it affordable as well i would do that but i've switched the priorities It has to start with being profitable. And I think black people as a whole need to hear messages like that in their places of inspiration. You go to work to make this money and get it done.
2: For housing, it's like, for what you're doing, you have, I think from a business standpoint, you have to be able to assure you're you're profitable because that's Mm -hmm. the end goal. Unless you're just, you're going to be draining your money. That's Mm -hmm. just going to, it turns into a liability at that point, like who, why would you do that? You might as well just not do that. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody else could do that. Who's more well off? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. You like, just don't indent yourself to the cause of, to convene somebody else's. Life. Exactly. I wish a lot of people would think like that, and well, I want that to be broad. Well, it it <laughs>
1: took it took a while to get to that. And that's actually a recent phenomenon where I've switched from saying
2: because, like, I don't think that's a good interpretation to to think that you know you can't. I think. What riches and that quote doesn't oh, yeah, I'm ex- definitely not rich definitely not rich yeah, but, but, <laughs> but to say that you're rich doesn't fully explain everything that that rich person' is doing like it's just like it's the polar the polarity of that um verse that it's supposed to it's it serves in a sense in the in the in the broader scheme of things, but if a rich person is being philanthropic and makes a way and ends up accomplishing his beginning goal of making low in, low income, providing low income housing and does more than that, you know, maybe starts a nonprofit and is always doing morally just things or, uh, you know, good faith, religious practices. You're going to tell me that that man doesn't qualify. You know, that man worked hard to make that money provided more than anybody else that lived a frugal, noble life. A good Samaritan life that wasn't necessarily as profitable. How could you fault that mm-hmm. on like a you know level standpoint? It's just mm-hmm. a different level, but the same amount. That's just what money can do. That's the power of money, and that man worked himself to get it. Why shouldn't he enjoy the spoils of his labor?
1: So what? I, what I'm hearing from you, Cam, is that we should follow the example of the pastors. That's what no. I'm hearing. From no, no, the pastors, the pastors, they congregation, <laughs> no. you know, congregation, Hell pull up, no. pull up, you know. They are in the a different. Car. They are they are and, then, the, and then the pastor pull up, Mercedes, and you know they pull up in the Benz, They are they in a different the Beamer, position. They pull up in the Tesla. I'm just saying.
2: They are in the a different position. The
1: pastors don't seem to be giving all their wealth away. So, um, all I'm saying is somehow through the messaging of Christianity, the pet pa- no, that let message me, sunk down into my head. Let me touch. But then on I that. can walk walk up to most churches and see the pastor. You know.
2: And I think Rolling. that the interpretation Rolling. is a is a problem. I think it's 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 not even like you can't fault somebody for how they interpret, you know, a, like scripture. Yes, if you can. They're if supposed
1: to be the leaders, they're, they're supposed to be, the to, be. Ones to guide us, you know, to a better spiritual and hopefully human experience. But it's so subjective. Like,
2: how can you how can, you can say something that sounds nice? You'd be like, okay, that could apply to me in a couple different ways. But how will I keep that in mind and? You know, do it at this moment, and teach myself tolerance to you know know how to do the right thing and put that advice to, you know to use. And it just it's a bunch of stuff that it just sounds nice, but you you got to be able to tell certain people in your congregation I do the right thing uh, because you know a pastor said uh, a certain you know pastors are spiritual leaders, but you know I think I'm just you know jaded in my interpretation experience, of, like. You know, spiritual leaders, um, due to stuff that these guys were talking about on this panel, and just like how I can kind of see how it makes sense, like from a a, um, a visual standpoint, like it just doesn't look like it's you're, you're teaching the truth all the way. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're saying stuff that sounds good, you know that that wants to get me emotional, mm-hmm. but it's not a. a it's not clear enough direction. Maybe mm-hmm. it's better if men and women have different churches, or like some some churches do that. Like they get all the men yeah, in the in the in the um, at least maybe Methodist churches do this mm-hmm. uh, or Eastern Orthodox. Um, but they'll separate the men and the women and talk to them differently. I forgot about that, mm-hmm. but I was never of age to really receive that because um, I always went to like children's ministry, but i I've only seen that in like a select few churches, but I know that that's a thing. Mm. But I don't. I've never been talked to from male past and then say clear things. But from my experience, from my research, doesn't still seem like a lot of men have either. Like that's not like
1: a usual thing mm. or normal thing. Um, what about uh, what about the church's teachings on sin and the focus on sin? yeah i just felt like and again i'll, I'll continue to draw from my experience um, as you should you can comment in on what the panel said about us but for me it was more of a focus on what not to do rather than what to do because there were so many teachings and expressions on sin um and you know things that'll float around your here in your head like the wages of sin is death and things like that where um you know, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it out, cut it off. If your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. Those types of things. Very graphic images of yeah. when you make a mistake. Um, and a lot of times that's what sins are, a mistake. And so it kind of pushes you towards trying to live this life of per- per- uh, perfection mm-hmm. rather than trying to experience things and, lo- and learn and grow and, of course, develop your ethics, develop, you know, the right way of living but you also need to be a whole person and allow yourself to be human. Uh, so I don't know if the panelists had anything to say about the way the church focused on how you shouldn't be living rather than how you should be living.
2: Um, so they say like, um, it kind of goes along with that, that, that coddling, like mm. the church fails to like speak straight um, about a lot of things. Like, and uh, also, what you said too—that they're overly strict, like they don't want to, like they tiptoe around what they say because they still have a, an underlying goal in mind. Um, but it's like that lack of direction um, that kind of um, that churches historically kind of give. Um, but you know, T.K. Uh, Coleman, um, he kind of made another remark um, about how the church can be indirect and how we can count and how the church can be just like a glossy, um, interpretation of the Bible mm-hmm. and how it doesn't check people. It doesn't check people, their congregation on what they should be doing mm-hmm. because in fear of that they might leave that uh, pretty much. Um, but, TK Coleman, he said that Jesus would sometimes ask his followers or people that he would encounter, ask answer their questions with a question because, um, because he wanted to invite people to examine their own assumption in life
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, that they might not otherwise consider because questions can serve an angelic function, he said, um, considering perspectives. And possibilities that they never thought of to change their thinking and change how they think and attitudes um to kind of expose them as god's God's does through his liberation um in my life and through scripture um, through his experiences and his word um and he said these are godly conversations to re-examine our beliefs, truths, and values, and I thought that was really good. You said something else earlier. I just want to note, just because this is, like, a note that I made here. Um, we talked about, um, like, affordable housing, mm-hmm. um, that she tried to provide that. Um, and how we were talking about in episode one, like, uh, how, <laughs> how black people have struggled, and, or how affordable housing has kind of, um uh, and it like hurt the the fabric of the black community kind of it's kind of um like the welfare state
1: yeah yeah
2: yeah so tk coleman was saying like black people have survived slavery jim crow racial persecution of the 50s but have not overcome welfare which has helped to destroy the black family Mm -hmm. i thought that was a very huge point um and it's just it's it's crazy because it doesn't come from us so i don't know if if government assistance was, you know, it was supposed to be supplemental. I can't, I don't want to like blame a a system for, you know, the fault of us as a people, you know, at the same time, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, I don't want to blame a system, but the system is there as like, that's just the effect that it had. Like, Mm -hmm. but there's, I know there's other things that we can say to contribute to the state of, you know, where black folks are as a people like this broken black family, but mm-hmm. I know welfare does play a part. That's still something that we struggle with. And I don't know a stat on that, but I know that's in everybody, every black family that I know about that's in their situation. They got mm-hmm. some family that's on welfare as food stamps or something. So,
1: yeah. Welfare makes it a lot easier for us to not operate in a two parent, household function yeah it makes it very possible and it makes it possible for your entire life um and so you know we 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 become less valuable to one another because you can replace one of the parties to the relationship with the government
2: yeah it's a handicap for real like that's that's a whole nother income Mm -hmm. that's a person yeah. How some women see men as just a secondary income. Um, that's what government assistance is once all the paperwork is approved. Mm-hmm. Find person somewhere. that
1: you don't have to deal with or talk to.
2: work together with or comes on the first of the month, always yeah. on time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man. So. so, you know, that's pretty much, uh, the conversation of bulk. It's a long YouTube video. Um, I'll highlight one of the, the poignant parts of the video that I think in, in the early parts of this video. Um, but yeah, you all should check it out. Um, once again, mm-hmm. it's called why African-American Why African men are leaving a black church for good. Um, Dr. Thunder. It's in like parentheses mm-hmm. for Shay Duke Jackson. Um, good video. If you mm-hmm. got the time, um, but it's a good conversation that, um,
0: I think a lot of
2: black churches should consider and maybe hopefully um, try to appeal to their, their male base, like ha- try to do something like what I was talking about earlier, maybe separate them the women from the men, maybe talk more directly, have separate services and certain messages and men just like a real direct approach. I feel like mm-hmm. in just life, just because like the practical nature of what a man is, mm-hmm. um, But that's my closing remark. You got got anything you want to wrap up with?
1: Yeah, so currently my wife and I, as we're expecting our first child in August, early September, depending on how long, you know, maybe wants to stay in there. But Mm -hmm. we are looking for a spiritual home. Like, I think it's very important to raise children in a space where they have some form of spiritual backing. Just a note
2: that... Just to note, that's why a lot of younger millennials who have historically had, you know, faith backgrounds and just want their child to have that similar foundation because we see the value in it. Mm -hmm. But long term, once you start to learn about it and, you know, experience it a little bit more, it's just like mm, you start to dissect a little bit more. But yeah,
1: go ahead. Finish your point. Yeah. So we're actually. Well, I guess I'm driving more of these criteria that this spiritual home has to have black families, married couples, two parent households, um, with children. That's, and that should be the majority of what we see. I don't want to raise our kids and you can, you know, bash me for this if you want, but I don't want to raise our kids in an environment where they're not seeing a multitude of loving relationships. Because I was very How get bad for that? People may. They may. I, <laughs> so I, the, I, I think the way I said it, it ends, I think girl. the way I delivered it, my you know, helped, me, helped me dodge some heat. Because, you know, you can go into a, sp- a lot of spaces where there's a lot of just like, you know, one parent households. I'm not trying to have that be the majority of for that spiritual center. I want the spiritual center to have men and women, you know, operating in it. Um, with kids and because growing up for me, you know, I had, you know, two parent households to my right, two parent household to my left, two parent household across the street. So and of course, in my own house, two parent household until my parents divorced when I was 18. But at any given moment, I could go and see how to make this work. I could if I did, if my parents weren't reflecting, you know, how to, the best way to make this work, I could go down the street and see another way. I can go this way and see another way. I can pull up here and see another way. For it's, advice, yeah. And so you need, you know, that congregation of people to say, "All right, two parent household, loving." You know, of course, it's not going to be perfect, but they're going to show you how to figure it out and how to work this thing out together. Um, so, black couples, two parents. If I see a lot of that, we're probably going to slide in. <laughs> and so far, so enjoying a club. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <Damn, laughs> I'm yeah, just telling like, it what it, calling it what it is side so that joint like oh You know we were, we were thinking about joining uh various, you know, African-based religions. And so I was hearing about it. I was like, "Okay, cool. First question, yeah, what's the uh demographic looking like for the couples? And <laughs> what that joint looking like?" Yeah, it's, it's not looking good. So I'm like, "Uh-oh. Like I don't I don't want to do that." It's less about the faith itself cuz a lot of faiths have a lot of similar teachings to Teach about love, teach about loving your neighbor, mm-hmm. teach about giving back to your community, blah blah blah. All the all the positive things are gonna overlap for a lot of faith basis. Mm-hmm. But I want the people in the faith to reflect lives that my children should aspire to live. And that's, that's real. the focus for me. That's what it is.
2: That's real. That's cool. Good closing. Mm-hmm. Closing remark. Uh, this concludes episode two of Black Thoughts, uh and open conversation stay tuned for the follow-up coming soon